folks? Welcome into a brand new episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Football. I almost said the Crowd Assist Podcast, so we're <laughs> great oops. start mentally. Almost had a big oops, but I didn't. Wake here, Meerkat, Chris, and Sugar J. Jordan Rosas all in the house. We're going to be talking running backs today. The single most important position in fantasy. There's so much you can do right, but even more that you can do wrong. We're going to talk about rankings, how you approach the first round of the draft, and also, of course, going to do some sleepers and busts. Really excited to do it. First, going to shout out our friends at Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case located at George Urban Boulevard and Depew. Obviously, training camp is just around the corner. That means that football season is just around the corner. So when you're getting your alcohol, your spirits, your wine, your liquor, whatever you need, make sure that you use our good friends. There's the logo at Outlet Liquor. The place to buy a case, what's your outlet? So, guys, you guys did the show last time. You did wide receivers without me. How did that go? What's what's your big – Meerkat, what was your big takeaway about wide receivers? Fill me in. There's a lot of guys who <laughs> can be considered sleepers this year. Yeah. That, that's my main thing. There, I think there's a big crop of young talent at receiver, you know, second, third-year guys coming into this season – who are finally getting you know favorable opportunities, new quarterbacks, think people leaving, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that was my main takeaway is I think a new crop of like elite fantasy receivers is going to start making their mark this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we kind of seen that with like Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, all these young guys, mm-hmm. DK coming through. Jordan, do you think it's going to be similar or maybe a little more different, maybe harsher to go through the terrain of running backs? Um, I think it's going to be harsher. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of sleeper running backs later on but in terms of guaranteed star production i think it's very very limited this year there's a lot of guys with question marks with receivers i think as long as you get a wide receiver one um you can sit and you can take your wide receiver two way down the road you can really fill out your roster and know that there's gonna be a lot of wide receiver twos Uh, Mm -hmm. i see somebody mentioning cd lamb he's somebody that could break out i know there were some disagreements there um, oh, last yeah, week, was. but there's a ton <laughs> of guys like that that could very realistically be your wide receiver too that you can get in the later rounds. Um, mm-hmm. Running backs, though, it's limited. There's a few guys that are in that top tier, and there's a big drop off after that. Yeah, and Chris, I know last year you did a lot of the writing about rookie running backs and rookies in general for fantasy. I imagine you're going to bring one of those guys up today, right? You got that right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We uh, got a lot to get to. We're going to start with the first round, kind of go chronologically with how your drafts go here. Um, and and it seems like for, for quite some time now, uh, you know, it's been Christian McCaffrey and then everybody else. But this year, in my opinion, <sighs> kicking this off, Christian McCaffrey isn't my number one running back. And it's going to tie into someone else that I'm going to talk about later. But for me, I think it's Dalvin Cook and then Christian McCaffrey. And Chris, I see you nodding. So I'm going to go back to you. If someone, if you're in your draft and you have the second pick, who are you hoping the first person takes? Like, would you rather Dalvin Cook over Christian McCaffrey? Yes, I would. Um, I actually have Christian McCaffrey in a dynasty league and I'm looking to offload him. Interesting. Wow. Either that or I'm going to draft Chubba Hubbard in the late rounds. But mm-hmm. I mean, McCaffrey going number one, you could get, a, I mean, in a dynasty league at least, you can get a lot yeah. of good assets. Um, I'm loaded at running back in that league, so I don't really necessarily need McCaffrey. I won last year. He was injured earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer your question, I think Dalvin Cook. I mean, they drafted like a pretty good, they drafted their O line. They, 
I think that they are going to be a decent offense, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to run it with him. They're going to run him down uh, like every single play. I think uh, either get <laughs> yeah. or up the gut. So Dalvin Cook, I think, is a safer bet than McCaffrey um, mm-hmm. this year. I got to yeah. disagree right off the rip. Oh, let's go! <laughs> I, in my rankings, I have it as McCaffrey. I have tears. McCaffrey, mm-hmm. clear number one, and then two through six are my elite guys. And Delvin Cook's there, too. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I don't want to hear injury stuff with McCaffrey. I mean, Delvin Cook's had his injury history, too. McCaffrey's a workout warrior. He's going to come back fine. And Trevor Hubbard's excited, but I don't think he's enough to dethrone McCaffrey and his usage in that offense, especially with Sam Darnold coming into the fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a safety blanket. He's an efficient runner. I just I think McCaffrey is still clearing away the number one, and you know Minnesota. They, they, you want to talk about a backup young guy that's going to get looks? They love love Alexander Madison. Yeah, I loved Alexander Madison too. And last year I thought he would be a great handcuff. I'm working on an article right now, my top three handcuffs for this year. Madison isn't one of them because of how he played last year when he did finally get the nod. Chubba Hubbard absolutely is one of them for me because I was looking at McCaffrey last year. He posted his career worst, and yes, it was three games. It was three games. But through three games, he was only averaging 3.7 yards per carry, but he was posting 8.8 yards per reception, which was the best for his career. So I think maybe they got Chubba Hubbard, who was a lot better between the tackles than McCaffrey, to maybe take some of that load off and use McCaffrey more in passing situations and save him for that. Now, if that means McCaffrey's getting more receptions and that's just you're taking touches away from like, you know, carries and making them receptions, that makes him the RB1 no matter what, honestly. But I think that Chubba Hubbard, he's not a bad receiver himself. I know I'm getting into my sleeper. It was Chubba Hubbard, so now I got to already go to my backup. But, <laughs> but you know, I think them bringing in Chubba Hubbard, spending the capital on him, it says that they're trying to maybe load manage with McCaffrey a little bit. Not take him off the field completely because he is one of the best players in football, but makes me a little nervous. I don't think, I'm not saying I think he'll get hurt, Still. but – there's more competition yards there. and six touchdowns through those three games. There's nothing mm-hmm. to, you know, the, the yards per carry was down definitely. And they, they drafted Chubba for a reason. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I still just, I don't see, McC- I see McCaffrey reclaiming his throne as the clear and away top guy this mm-hmm. year. Right, Jordan, uh, over you, different question. Get away from McCaffrey and Cook. Who's the last <laughs> running back you're willing to take in the first round? Oh, that is a great question. Um, mm-hmm. Really depends where I'm at and who's been taken. Um, I think if I'm picking late in the draft, depends who's slipping. You know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm picking 10, 11, 12 and people have taken running backs, let's say Nick Chubb's off the board, maybe Aaron Jones is gone, but like Mm -hmm. Stefan Diggs, maybe Devonte Adams, um, Travis Kelsey's slipping to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I might say, you know what, let me, let me get the top dog at one of these other positions. I know I'm already missed the best running backs. So yeah. I would say probably Nick Chubb's probably my cap. Yeah. Um, but even that I'm nervous about because I think Kareem Hunt is probably the best number two back in the league. For sure. And they managed it last year with Odell Beckham Jr. out, but we talked about that a little bit this year where we kind of expect Baker to maybe take a step forward. Maybe that passing game's a bit more involved. Um, and if that happens, now you start running a few more pass plays, a few less running plays. Who's giving up those touches? I think both those guys have shown that they still deserve touches. And they're really kind of more like a 1A, 1B, where mm-hmm. now all of a sudden Nick Chubb could start to slide into that 
high-end RB2 category versus yeah. back-end RB1. So I would say he's probably my the last uh, RB1 that I would say. But again, that's assuming that I'm having that early second-round pick that I can grab a, you know, I'll settle for an Austin Eckler as my mm-hmm. RB1. Yeah. But it's interesting. You guys talked about the top. I just wanted to get into it real quick. Yeah. Um, I actually, there's about five guys there. I'm actually really hoping that I get, that I'm picking like fifth. Yeah. So um, you just get your pick of the five? Because, for the last you know, one, like yeah. the 49ers were saying in the draft, they're like, yeah, there's like three quarterbacks. We're like, that's why I'm with running backs. There's mm-hmm. no clear cut guy that I'm like, this dude's a lock. So you who are Christian, those five guys? Yeah. So you got Christian McCaffrey, all the talent in the world. But again, injury history. Um, it's, it's concerning. And again, you know, if I'm taking him in the second round and he gets hurt, okay, fine. But if I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, I mean, the worst that I can see him slipping is maybe third overall, which means if he gets injured again, now your top ranked player is the guy you drafted, what, 20th overall? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's going to kill your fantasy season. You look Mm -hmm. at a guy like Dalvin Cook, again, very talented, have some injury history, was great last year, but the year before that, there were some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at um, Saquon Barkley is another one, very talented. He's been the ass. Was out all, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then you look at a guy like Derrick Henry, which historically when a running back leads the league in rushes, in rushing yards, they tend to have a bit of a down year the next year. That hasn't happened. I believe he's, he's led the league in rushing two years in a row now. Yeah. Um, he, is bigger, <laughs> he is a bigger dude. Maybe the hits don't kind of add up as quickly for him as they do for other guys. But you got to remember – now that PPR has kind of replaced the sort of standard scoring as the go-to default, yeah. you got to remember he's not giving you much in the passing game. And mm-hmm. so if he's putting up 90 yards in the ground but has no catches, if you got some, you know, Matt Breida that gets six catches for 30 yards, that's the same amount of fantasy points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you take Derrick Henry, super talented, but you're banking on him being a stud on the ground. And then, of course, you have Alvin Kamara, who's my fifth guy in that category, yeah. which, you know, we've talked about Jameis Winston. I think he's going to help that New Orleans offense. But we do have to remember, he was on the team last year, and when Breeze went down, he didn't slide into the starting job. He was the clear-cut third-string QB on that team. Somehow. So, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So there's, yeah. And I'm sort of like, you know what, if I get one of those five guys, I'm happy. And if I'm picking fifth, that means I'm picking a bit early in the second round. I got a guy I'm happy with at running back. Mm-hmm. I'm picking before all these other guys uh, that got their stud in the second round, and I'm I'm happy with that. And then so around six is when we start to think about taking wide receivers, um, just because then after that there are the guys with question marks. And the last guy with question marks that's kind of associated with this tier, and I want to ask you guys, is Ezekiel Elliott a first-rounder this year? Meerkat. Yes. yes. Really? No hesitation. Yeah. Why? No hesitation at all. He's one of my elite guys, one of my top six guys there. You see Zeke when he's got Dak on the field. When Dak eats, Zeke eats. He had a bit of a down year last year. I'm not taking too much into account of it. He's still young. Dallas's offensive line's not inspiring. Yeah. But Zeke's worked through that before. He's a monster between the tackles. He can burn you. I think he's going to come back this year, kind of recharge, because I think he kind of plays to the success of the Cowboys where when they're playing well as a team overall, Zeke is absolutely eating. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to take a major step forward this year, as much as I hate them. I think <laughs> quarterback, and I just I, – what Zeke's done in his small, you know, sample size of his career so far, people think, like, 
act like Zeke's older than he is. This is only his sixth season. He's only 26 years old. Um, I mean, he's had absolutely monster seasons, like – a 1400 1600 another 1400 like with the yeah. uh with Dak back i think it just helps zeke um he, you know he's kind of a fringe guy there he's my fifth right now mm-hmm. but i think yeah i think zeke is going to be is going to make people a lot of happy i see him finishing the season like potentially as like rb2 or 3 now is there room because tony pollard came in and people no, tony years- pollard shit i don't tony want pollard that. Shit. he did better than zeke after Dak went out Oh, I was hoping we get to this. I was really no, no Tony, to no this. Tony Pollard. <laughs> Excuse Tony, me, Tony Pollard. It, Tony Pollard is not better than Ezekiel Elliott. He's I'm not saying not. he's better, but I'm saying Zeke has a lot more tread on his tires. He's led the, the league in rushing for rushing attempts like twice. He's led the league in rushing yards twice. There's like last year for some reason in the same situation, Tony Pollard looked better than Zeke. Averaged like 0.5 more yards a carry than him. So I think that this a point has three more yards to carry. Pro football reference begs the district. Oh no, point five Zeke per had touch. Four, point, he had four point, point five point yeah. five per touch. I'm sorry. Per touch. That includes catches. I'm sorry. Pollard's I'm more of a receiver. I give him receiving reps and, so, stuff last so, year. and they were running so much without Zeke last year. Mm-hmm. Pollard's gonna get his fill and he was productive. I think with things returning to normal with that team, I don't see mm-hmm. Pollard pushing Zeke for much at all, honestly. I so, Zeke's just way too good. You don't not run a guy like McCaffrey with Chuba. Unless Chuba comes out and shows out he's incredible, yeah. you don't split snaps <laughs> off the rip with a guy who is way less talented with way less invested in him. Now, see, I, I, I think I agree with you, but let's not forget who is the coach or the, the head coach down there, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is an idiot, yes. Mike McCarthy (laughs) is an idiot. And, yes, there's absolutely financial pressure to keep Zeke on the field. He's making more than Tom Brady is over the next couple years, basically for the duration of his contract. Last year, like I was – Tony Pollard is – okay, he's another guy that was going to be in my article. So now everybody watching (laughs) is knowing what's going to be in my article. But, you know, when push came to shove, when they were losing or in close games, Tony Pollard's usage was just 4% less – and when they were getting blown out, Ezekiel Elliott was not on the field. Tony Pollard was on the field. When they were blowing teams out, Tony Pollard was on the field. Zeke was not on the field. So I think that maybe, just maybe, and maybe Mike McCarthy is so stupid that he'll actually do what I think he's going to do, is that this will be closer to a timeshare because they started to see that maybe for some unknown reason, Tony Pollard might be good. I'm not going to say Tony Pollard's going to be fantasy irrelevant. I mean, PPR leagues and stuff, he'll he'll be he'll be a, fe- you know, a flex play all yeah, year. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy on your bench. You can throw in the flex and stuff when you need. But between financial investment and just you know Zeke being Zeke, the level of talent he had, what he's done in this league, one kind. It's not like he was bad last year. No, he just he wasn't. Just, it was just a down year. The whole team was fucking awful. So him being <laughs> down, the, it ha- you know, like it happens with mm-hmm. players, like. If you shine on a bad team, good for you. Like, but if you're on a bad team and you're a superstar, are you going to give everything you have when you know the season's already done? And yeah. y- you know, you do get a ton of touches with the tread on the tires, which you brought up is a valid point. But I don't see those touches stopping just yet. He just turned 26. He's mm-hmm. put up absolutely historic seasons, like already at this age. Mm-hmm. I-, I just don't see him, you know, not coming back. I can see Zeke being like a 1300 yard, 10 touchdown guy pretty easily this year. Chris, thoughts on Zeke? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
when we think about him last year, we think about how he had this horrible season, but he still ended as the running back 11. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. it's not like he was terrible. Right. Yeah. So, it's a safe pick, maybe not with the upside he used to have, but he, he's going to finish better than last year. Like There's coming. nothing that points to him going down this year instead of up, other than saying uh, going off of last year, which you can't, yeah, because right. it was just the whole team was shot. Right. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is someone I would draft over him, given if I had the fifth pick, uh, and it came to this, I would probably draft Jonathan Taylor over him. That, that's my. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate it, but. I mean, I think that Jonathan, with that Colts offensive line, uh, he's he's ready to take over. He kind of hit his stride uh, later in the season. The game really slowed down for him. He's Wake knew I was going to pick this, uh, him. I bet you were going to talk about him, weren't you? No, I hate Jonathan Taylor this really? year. You don't like really? Him. They they re-signed Marlon Mack. Naeem mm-hmm. Hines is the pass catcher there. It's just like everything tells me that he's he will probably. I don't think he'll bust. Like, really, no. I don't think you'll regret having him on your team. I think people might regret taking him in the first round. I think he's definitely second round. I would 100% I have him take as him RB8 round. right now, so I agree with you 100%, Wake, with Jonathan yeah. Taylor. And I, I love the player. I absolutely do. Um, man, with it, wow. Okay. Tough situation. It's, it's a tough situation. coming back, too. And they're going like, to be throwing a little more, and it's a three-headed monster like you brought up. Go ahead, Jordan. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say, I see both these guys going in the first round. Um, I don't have them in my top five. To kind of play a little peacemaker here, I agree with Meerkat. I think Zeke's a first-round pick. Um, I just hope I have some Meerkats in my fantasy league because I don't really want to take him in the first round. Um, (laughs) As far as Jonathan Taylor over Zeke, I think there's a lot of appeal with Jonathan Taylor. Um, And it's important to remember, just because guys are on the team doesn't mean that they're guaranteed – to have the same role. Marlon Mack has had his opportunity to be a star, and he was more serviceable. Um, Naheem Hines, another guy, has had his opportunity to be the lead guy and kind of fell flat. I think Jonathan Taylor can can seize the reins, but there is probably a cap there. It's not as easy of a route to being the clear-cut guy as Zeke. And the other thing to keep in mind is, like Meerkat was saying, Zeke's had some huge years, and – you know, what I mentioned earlier was that oftentimes when running backs have a huge rushing year, they have a down year the next. And if you look at Zeke's stats, I think that's kind of par for the course. It's not just because he had a down year last year doesn't necessarily mean that he's washed up at 26. I think it's just, you know, the tread accumulates on the tires. You have a down year. Zeke could be primed for a bigger year. In terms of Tony Pollard, I think he's a heartbreaker. I really do. I think you look at the analytics, a lot of stuff suggests that he should be getting more touches. But – you think about Dallas, it's Jerry Jones. Um, <laughs> go walk around Dallas, take a trip down to Dallas, and count how many Elliott jerseys wearing number 21 you see yeah. in downtown Dallas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough to justify benching that guy. Um, we had a, a commenter um, mention the financial investment. I really think they're tied to him. If they've stuck through everything, the suspensions, the off-the-field problems, I don't think they abandoned him now. Now, if he was three years older, if he was 29, now True. we can have that conversation. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that especially with when they just paid Dak, they really want to see what these guys are going to do together. Mm-hmm. Zeke, Amari, and Dak. I think Dak's the guy, and I think that um, Tony Pollard, he's going to have his days, but he's going to be that guy that you see, you think, oh, he's going to be a great waiver wire pickup. You put him in, you slot him in your roster uh, the next week for a player on by and he's sitting on the bench. 
Oh, I thought you meant heartbreaker, as in he's going to make Zeke drafters upset. Okay, D- okay, oh, editor, <laughs> intern, can you please edit where I was nodding and smiling? Um, Chris, I didn't let you explain yourself for Jonathan Taylor. I actually just jumped on you because I hate him, but <laughs> um, I'll let you explain yourself on why he's a first-rounder, why he might be a top-five running back, and then we'll get into sleepers here. Yeah, I mean, I love the talent. I mean, he won the Doak Walker Award uh, in college. He had 2,000 dollars every season. Uh, he he went off last year. I mean, he was a I think he was running back four to six. I don't quote me on that, but mm-hmm. he had a really good season. I think that there, if anything, he's going to get better. Um, I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. I think this is like pouncing on a Zeke before he broke out. Like they they remind me kind of a lot of each other. Um, I see that guy runs a four three something or four three two something like he's. Mm-hmm. 20 pounds like he, he's just a freak of nature I, I love the athlete uh, and I love the situation their offensive line is the best in the NFL uh, they love to pound the rock uh, Carson Wentz is an upgrade to Phillip Rivers um, maybe not in the you know pass thrown to running back standpoint but I feel like they're just going to pound the rock in Indy um, so that's why I I not that I don't like Zeke I mean I, that was a hot take but mm-hmm. I yeah Zeke is this okay? I'll put it like this: Zeke is the safer pick. He's gonna be a top twelve guy barring injury. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor has top, a number one upside, um, in my opinion. So I can see that. Uh, I don't know if I'd say his upside's that high, but it could be. It could be based on what we saw last year. I don't think you say it's not there. It's just there. I think what 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 hurts him is there are just so many guys who also have the same ceiling, right? Like Aaron yeah. Jones, if Aaron Rodgers is there and AJ Dillon doesn't steal touches from him, it could be number one too. Austin Eckler could realistically be number one, and you can get him in the second round. Like there, there's a lot of guys who you can make a case for for number one. Probability. I, being number one is higher with Jonathan Taylor than Zeke, but Zeke's probability of having a higher floor is higher yeah. than Taylor. That I would agree with. Yeah, I'll agree with that. All right. Well, for once we're in agreement. Wow. <laughs> that was that was a fun 23 minutes. <laughs> All right, we'll get into sleepers now. Uh, Meerkat, who is – let's start with you. Who's one of your – who's your sleeper running back for uh, for 2021? It's going to be kind of like my sleeper receiver where he's not so much a sleeper. It's just the ADP shocking, and I think he's going to way outperform where his ADP is right now, and that's DeAndre Swift. Um, DeAndre Swift, based off his averages, if he would have played the whole season last year, um, started every game, he would have finished his RB11 in fantasy. He had some monster performances, and you look at this Detroit team. They just added Jared Goff. They have nothing at receiver. Um, very little at receiver, I should say. I do like Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, but, you know, signing Jamal Williams doesn't scare me. Uh, Jamal, You saw Aaron Jones eat with Jamal Williams there. Jamal Williams is made to be a number two running back in the NFL. And DeAndre Swift is a guy who they invested heavy draft capital in and looked great as a rookie. So what do you do? You, you draft <laughs> the best tackle in the draft with Sewell. They go on a line with Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker, who they brought back. I think DeAndre Swift gets a lot of touches this year. I think he keeps up a pretty you know well rate of productivity. He had averaged 4.6 yards a rush last year, looked great as a receiver, um, 10 touchdowns too with only you know less than 1,000 uh, total yards. So he was a little touchdown reliant as a rookie, but I think he – just gets the usage now and he's got a better line and he has a way better like running back favorable situation for him. 
he's getting drafted behind guys like Najee Harris right now, who you know mm-hmm. I don't hate, and like Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler is one that shocks me. I get it, but like people like that, I just don't see that. I have DeAndre Swift somewhere like around my RB eleven right now, like a potential wow. top, a potential top ten. <laughs> He's a, I, I got to mix up with this like tier, but he's in the tier that's potential top 10, um, you know, and can just absolutely break out this year. I think DeAndre Swift's a candidate to do that. A lot of things going his way. Look great in limited usage as a rookie. I'm all in on it. I just hate cool. getting running backs on bad teams. Like, that's all it is for me. Like, it, it, you tell me, because I maybe I don't know much about DeAndre Swift. Are you confident in his ability, abilities as a pass catcher? Because with that defense, mm-hmm. they will absolutely be losing a lot. So that's something that I we mean, should know. Yeah, he had 46 catches last year. Two of them were touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 of those were first downs. Not uh, 81% catch rate. So, like. Not okay. a mind-blowing pass catcher, but definitely the pass Good catcher enough. out of that backfield with Jamal Williams, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, Chris, I know you loved DeAndre Swift last year. How do you feel about him this year? Right, yeah, he was he was drafted to be a pass catcher out of college. Uh, they mm-hmm. I have heard that they want to run him in the slot. Um, Ooh, so that, that would be fun. That should erase any worries about them being down in games because then he's just – because they have yeah. no one to catch the ball. You know, so it, he's the best not, athlete on that offense by far. Yeah. That's not saying much, though. <laughs> you're, forget, yeah. you're forgetting one very important thing. You said you don't like running backs on bad teams. I can deal with running backs on bad teams. What I can't deal with is running backs on Detroit. We are talking about the <laughs> Detroit Lions. This I know is it's a, a team that has that wasted Barry Sanders, that wasted Calvin Johnson, that wasted That's Matt true. Stafford. I mean, Man. I'm sorry, they're, but they're I, not gonna they're not gonna throw Jared Goff 35 times a game with this receiving core like they did with Stafford. And the coach, mm. you listen to the new coach. What's his face? He's talking about chewing guys' kneecaps off and shit. He this wants guy to get wants a lion. To pound the rock. This guy wants get a wants to pound lion the in the out of the football. Bring the Motor City back, baby. DeAndre yeah. Swift, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, sure. He probably wants to win a Super Bowl too, like every single other coach Detroit has hired. No, I'm no sorry. other coach. Who's gonna the Detroit Lions, I mean, the Ford family is, is an amazing football family. But I'm sorry. The Detroit Lions have disappointed too much. I need to see it to believe it. You can call me Doubting Thomas. But until I see real bona fide production, I am not trusting Detroit Lions running backs. I have been disappointed before. I drafted DeAndre Swift last year. I ended up dropping him from my team. You dropped him. He you dropped like him. And I won, and I won my fantasy league. Wrong he process, right result. Questionable. Wrong process, right yeah. result. Man. I, I don't think, think you dropping just hate Detroit. helped you win your league. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin Kamara, yeah. Aaron Jones, James Robinson, no oh, one James, for DeAndre I mean, Swift. James Robinson was no it. Doubt, you, you don't keep a fourth running back on your roster? Yeah. I did. <laughs> little guy, uh, <laughs> little guy called Kenyon Drake. If there's one coach, those are good running backs. Run the ball down thirty in the fourth quarter. It's Dan Campbell. Yeah, hundred percent. Every everybody that Meerkat mentioned, that he was like, man, he's he's behind all these people. I would take every single one of those people over DeAndre Swift. I would sum. I'm definitely between you guys. I Which can is say why that I'm, for sure. 
Man, I'm hoping I'm drafting with Meerkat because we are going for totally opposite players. We're See, both I have no idea why you wouldn't have DeAndre Swift as like a top 15 guy after finishing 20 last year in super limited role with in like great, great analytics with a better line now and a more favorable rushing situation other than the Detroit stigma. The Detroit That's stigma the is definitely real. It is real. I don't you see him as many, top You know how many times team. that I said, this is going to be the year that Cleveland turns it around. They got this player, they got this player. Mm. Cleveland turned those, it around. They did. I've been a, I've been a similar way with, with Tom Brady. How many times have we said he's, he's washed up now? He's washed up now. Just, Almost a decade? Detroit's mm-hmm. that way. I mean, until I see bona fide change. I mean, this, this is a team that now, had Matt Stafford and hasn't been able to win a playoff game. There's good running backs on bad teams, though. Like, Kamara was RB2 last year. Saints were awful. I mean, awful? David Montgomery, uh, they were not awful. Good. What do you mean? They, were they, they, they weren't good. The Bucks. They weren't. Yeah, that, that's true. I'll give you that. <laughs> Come on now. James Robinson, <laughs> RB7. David Montgomery, RB6. Like, you know. Josh, I mean, Raiders were all right, I guess, but like, <laughs> I, I don't take the team into effect. For, I like bad teams with running backs more sometimes because you look at those Bills teams that were awful. Badly the, coached it was, bad it was always yeah. like Fred Jackson, like CJ Spiller. Like, these guys had great fantasy seasons, mm-hmm. um, yeah. even though they were on just awful teams with incompetent coaching. <laughs> Chris, you've been trying. What, what, what do you want to say about DeAndre Swift? Um, I mean, I. Second or second or third round, that's fine. I mean, who would you rather have, Antonio Gibson or DeAndre Swift? You know, Antonio Gibson. I love no. Antonio Gibson. Oh, yeah. I would rather. They're my um, eleven and twelve, but Gibson's numbers are awful. Kevin almost talked me off of Gibson the, the other uh, last cat podcast with some of the numbers he was pulling up, and they were kind of eye opening. I was, I'm a big Antonio Gibson guy. Man, well. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are going to be big on this guy that I'm going to bring up. I'm just going to quickly change the conversation away from the Detroit (laughs) Lions because (laughs) – but I'm just going to preface it by saying this. The New England Patriots offense cannot be as bad as it was last year. Even if it's Mac Jones, I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year. And so I think that Damian Harris is kind Mm -hmm. of a really, really, really good value this year. He's getting drafted as an RB3, and he has all the potential in the world to actually be an RB1, in my opinion. He's going as the 34th. I'm trying to change the the, the text on that. There we go. Thank God. Okay. Thank you, StreamYard. Um, he's going as the 34th running back right now, 85th overall. So that's like 7th, 8th, ninth rounds of your drafts. He could honestly – I'm absolutely confident that he will be an RB2 because Sony Michelle is out of the picture now, basically. They're completely done with him. And during the offseason, I love looking at the beat reporters and what they're saying because I know nothing about the Patriots. I'm not going to pre- – to know a lot about the Patriots, but the people who cover them absolutely do. And Mike Rice, who covers them for ESPN, said that Damian Williams is absolutely, without a doubt, the number one back in the offense. James White is obviously still going to be there for passing situations, so it limits his upside. That's why I think he's going to be an RB2 and not an RB1. He could be an RB1, though, with his 5.0 yards per carry. And Cam Newton just, they need better quarterback play. They really do. Cam Newton is used to dumping off to running backs, and even if he gets a quarter of the receptions that James White does, that's enough to keep him up as an RB2. I'm talking two catches a game for like 15 yards, averaging that out, plus the five yards of carry, plus Bill Belichick loves running ball. He made LeGarrette Blunt an RB1. 
Okay. So, and don't tell me Garrett Plunt's a good running back, Jordan. I swear no, to God. No, no, no. All I'm going to say is that Bill Belichick doesn't like to have one RB1. That's the thing. Damian that's Harris. Where James I like Damian Harris. I like Damian Harris. And if he was on a different team, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Bill Belichick, I mean, he shuffles running backs like a dealer shuffles cards. I mean, I remember Free Jonas Sony Ray. Michelle. I remember Jonas Ray a few years here. back. He had 200 Free Chris's cat. He hit 200 <laughs> rushing yards in a game. Within a month, he was a healthy scratch. I just I, – I mean, there's going to be times that Damian Harris can be productive. I just don't mm-hmm. think that the consistency is there. You know what I mean? Like, are, are there weeks that you can put him in? Sure. But to, the consistency to be an RB2, let alone an RB1, I, I just don't see it in New England. The thing with LeGarrette Blount is he was the goal line guy on a very productive offense that got to the goal line very frequently with a quarterback – that didn't like to run the football at the goal line. Well, Cam Newton can't. Cam Newton is not allowed to run the football anymore, from what <laughs> I understand. So, and actually, and also, one thing that's been coming camp that I do like to hear is that there has been an emphasis on Cam Newton as a passer and not a runner. So that will open up more touches. Chris, oh. tell me that I'm right about Damian Harris. Um, I did a little research. Here, here are the running backs being taken before Damian Harris. Melvin Gordon. Nope. Nope. Devon Williams. Maybe. Edmonds. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, that's where you draw the line. So yeah, I would take Chase Edmonds over him. Chase Edmonds. Okay. He's the running back third right now in half PPR. I, I think that's it. I mean, the guys are James Robinson after him, Ronald Jones after him. I mean, he's a stands out to me. He's a start starting running back. You can get him in those rounds. I mean, you're not gonna. St- Put him in your flex if he's going that late. He's going to be a backup, um, depending on how you draft. So, yeah, he's a he's a he's a safety net uh, at the very least if you have an injury or a bye week. So I think that's a fair late round mm-hmm. target. Like if you get him as your RB three, like if you get two running backs that you're confident about. Wow, Justin has been commenting, and I've really loved what he's been saying. But now he's saying that the stigma about the Lions running backs has flipped to Patriots running backs, and he may be correct about that. <laughs> God damn it, Justin. But I mean, like, yeah, no, Chris, it, 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 he, he didn't say I was completely wrong. So, so <laughs> I, have, I have Harris as my 29. I put a little star next to him as a potential sleeper guy. It's just, it's Bel- yeah, Belichick's usage is weird, like Jordan brought up, and you can't trust it. But Damian Harris is in such a favorable position. He, he's a good mm-hmm. player. So can he outperform where he's being drafted right now? 1,000%. By the time you get him, go ahead. I was just going to real quick. The talent is there. I like the versatility. He can run it and he can catch the passes. Um, so if there's any way for running back to fit into that offense and become the guy, it's definitely Damian Harris. I just, again, I got too many questions about that usage. I don't trust Belichick committing to one running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I understand that. That's why I like – that's why I like if you can get him as your RB3, maybe RB4 four even at that point you could have a quarterback a tight end and three wide receivers and two running backs before you select Damian Harris so if he's that much of a depth piece on your roster I think whoever drafts him at the value he is right now is going to be really really happy uh but I'm not saying that I would draft honestly if he was going two rounds earlier I'd be a lot more scared Mm -hmm. there is right now yeah I'm good with that Chris, think, give us your yeah. sleep. Oh, sorry, Joe. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I think that's a fair place to draft him. I just, yeah. he's one of those guys that I don't necessarily want to 
wind up with. I think that's a fair place <laughs> to draft him. Kind of like Zeke Elliott. He's a guy, I don't want to be the guy that drafts him, but I yeah, think that that's sure. where he goes. You know what I mean? I hope I'm not mm-hmm. that guy in the draft, you know? I understand that, but I hope I am. Like Chris. I said, I hope we're drafting <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> well, you will be. I promise you that. Chris, give us your sleeper. Uh, I like Mike Davis this year. It's kind of like silently going mm-hmm. six, I think. Uh, I, he took over very well for Christian McCaffrey last year. I mean, it was barely, almost barely like he left. But the Falcons' new head coach, uh, Arthur Smith, he just said that it's going to be an open running back room, and the other running backs are Ito Smith and Quadrolis and uh, Kanisha. Sub Kanisha's. Yep. Shut up, Kanisha. <laughs> So as much as I hope Quadri takes over, uh, Mike Davis is a great running back, um, and I think that sixth round is a great place to uh, draft him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I have nothing to say. Yeah, you're right, in my opinion. <laughs> Meerkat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mike Davis, my RB22, I like it. Quadri really might like steal him. some goal line carries because that's what they use Quadri for. Yeah. Um, only thing that might scare you a bit, but it, as far as usage goes, he's he's going to be the guy there. He showed he can be the guy last season, just an effective, hard-nosed runner, durable. I, I, I'm okay with that. No, no complaints here. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's going as the he's going as RB31, which is kind of stupid right now. Um, yeah, I yeah, think he Jordan. I think he outperforms it. Jordan, yeah, go. I mean, the only questions with him is a, it's a new team, and b, sure. why is it taking this long from the breakout? Because he's not a young guy. Yeah, um, running backs don't usually take a while to break out. You're right. Right. But, you know, I mean, think, when you think about the risk, you think about the reward, it's really tough to predict what he's going to look like this year because I think that his ceiling is definitely RB1. His floor is he could lose out on the starting gig and not even be a flex. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think that realistically, he's probably an RB2 flex somewhere in there. And I think for where he's drafted, I think he's a great pick. If I wind up with him, I'm happy with that pick. He's Unlike Damian Harris. Unlike Damian Harris. Here's some next one before him. Miles yeah. Gaston. Undrafted. Ew. Yeah, uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, I mean, you Miles- said no to Miles Gaskin? Yes, I said no to Miles Gaskin. What? Oh, You're saying man. yes to Miles Gaskin? Oh, I think he's going to break out. I think it's okay. going to Okay, so Steve and I. You're talking Steve- about running back usage by teams and how they fuck it up, and you trust a Dolphins no name running back? Patrick Laird <laughs> got carries no name running back. Alan Ahmed. They oh got to do God. something with the football. You think it's going to be a passing based offense with with two and no Ryan Fitzpatrick? With those receivers, fuck yeah, they could put a traffic cone out there and you know be productive in the pass. Jordan, <laughs> I really want you to give us your sleeper because I really want to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I've mentioned it a couple shows that there's certain position groups that I really love in fantasy yeah. this year. Um, talked about the Raiders receivers last year. This year, I'm absolutely in love with the Jets running backs because oh, of – I don't man, think – I agree oh, with you. God damn it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so, I mean, I don't think you're going to get RB1s out of here. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, you've got Michael Carter, rookie draft in the fourth round. There's a chance that he could be James Robinson – of this year, don't bank on mm-hmm. it though. That's again, my favorite comparison is drafting quarterback in the sixth round and expecting to be Tom Brady. Could happen. Don't yeah. bank on it. But let's look at the Jets. I mean, let's do a quick head count. Head coach, they got rid of the offensive minded guy. They brought in a defensive minded guy. Robert Sala, former defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. How were the Niners last year? Not super great at quarterback, questionable group of pass catchers outside of George Kittle. Um, they like to run the football. Look at the quarterback. They just got rid of Sam Darnold. 
They drafted Zach Wilson second overall. Now, certain quarterbacks you take in the first round, you might let them sit, depending on where you draft them. When you draft a guy top five overall, you're pretty much committing that you're going to start him week one. Yeah. Um, we talked about Justin Fields, you know, 12, I think he was 12th overall. That's kind of in that range where maybe he'll sit a little bit, but you're expecting him to start. Zach Wilson second overall, you're expecting that guy to start week one. So you've got a defensive-minded head coach with a rookie quarterback. You're probably going to want to have a conservative playbook. You're probably not going to want to open things up. And why would you? Because you look at that wide receiver core, and your most favorable receiver is what? Jamison Crowder, an aging guy who was yeah, a nice little don't, slot don't play. Not, don't have Corey Davis. I don't mind Corey Davis. Denzel I mean, Mims, I like a lot. I like Denzel. I, I like Denzel. Elijah Mims. Moore was a good pick too. I, I like. I like these like guys. But here's the thing: there's several guys in New York that yeah, could break out, but they haven't yet. You know what I'm saying? True. So the, okay. a lot. Of, there's talent. Talent. A lot of potential. I don't think any of these guys have reached that point of where it's like, all right, breakout's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it just hasn't yet. So especially early on, I think you're looking to run the football. Then you look at the offensive line. You've got um, Mikai Becton, who I think is probably one of, if not the most talented young yeah. offensive lineman in the league. And they yes. just spent another for mid-first rounder on another offensive lineman. Um, AVT. Right? Yep, and, they got, I mean, yeah, I was mad you about think that. about that. Yeah. You line, if you line those two guys up together, you've got Tevin Coleman, who is a good pass catcher. You're probably going to have a quarterback who's going to want to throw some dump-offs, some screen passes, keep it short. Yeah. I'm loving Tevin Coleman in PPR. He's carved out a role for himself. He carved out that role in Atlanta um, when he was with Devontae Freeman and Matt Ryan when they went to the Super Bowl. Then he went to San Francisco, carved out a similar role. Um, now I think that he can have that role. Everything's shaping up for him. As far as running the football, he's not so much of a downhill guy, but he likes to bounce to the outside. You stack those um, talented offensive linemen up next to each other, you got a nice clear running lane there. And yeah. then, of course, you have the rookie Michael Carter, which – we don't really know what to expect from him. I, I'm not going to say that he is going to be James Robinson this year, but the pathway is there for it. Yeah. And again, like I said, Tevin Coleman, I don't think he's an RB1, but he is in general a flex caliber running back with RB2 upside depending on the situation. I think the stars are aligning for him. I think everything lines up for Tevin Coleman to be that flex with RB2 upside. And Michael Carter, look, I mean – Plenty of running backs that have been drafted in the mid-rounds have been stars. I think Alvin Kamara was a third-round guy, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, so just because a guy's drafted in the fourth round as a running back, that doesn't mean that he's destined to be a backup. I think there's a lot of potential here, and these guys are going in double-digit rounds. You can say, if you really want to get the best defense and the best kicker, you can go out there, you can get, say, Tampa Bay because they're the, the top-rated defense. You can get Justin Tucker and then grab one of these guys. I've done a bunch of mock drafts. Tevin Coleman doesn't even get, get drafted in half of them. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. I, I do like the Michael Carter call. I mean, a, a comparison that I saw um, to him during the draft process a lot, and it's not going to sound like a great name as uh, you know a great running back in NFL history, but just for fantasy purposes, this guy was relevant for a solid two or three years, and that's Justin Forsett from the Ravens. Mm, yeah. who you would get him in like the seventh to ninth round every yep. year, and every year he'd be at least an RB2, mm-hmm. and apparently a lot of people think that Michael Carter is going to be something similar. So I do like I do like the Michael Carter call. It is that whole offense is a bit of an unknown, but if you're d- drafting unknowns, like if you're drafting lottery tickets in the set in like the double digit rounds, that's really what you should be doing anyways. So right. I don't, I don't hate it. Chris rookie running back. This is your bread and butter. Uh, how do you feel about Michael Carter and the jets? 
I do. I, I think the Jets did a good job revamping their offensive line the past couple of years. Um, yeah. I also think that Michael Carter is a great running back, and they are going to pound the rock. I mean, Tevin Coleman, I might think, is a better value. I'm not sure where Michael Carter's going, uh, but he's pairing up uh, with you know Greg Sala. They used to be on the same team. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of chemistry there. Yeah, I like Michael Carter. As much as I don't like the Jets, I think that taking a flyer on one of those guys is is a smart thing to do. Well, the thing that's important to keep in mind, yeah. too, is that even with bad teams, and Meerkat was touching on this earlier, it's extremely rare that you'll have a team that's so bad that they don't have any fantasy-relevant players. Going back yeah. to Detroit, there were plenty of years when the Detroit Lions were picking top 10, if not top 5, but Calvin Johnson was a top-tier guy. Cleveland had some great running backs. Even Gary Barnage was a tight end darling for a bit. I love that dude. Um, Remember when he was at at the Batavia Downs and at, with Eric Wood and we thought Bills were signing him and it was going to be the best thing ever? Yeah, okay. Right? <laughs> um, Jacksonville had um, – geez, I've mentioned him like five, six times already. James um, yeah. James Robinson last year. You know what I mean? So it's like even the bad teams generally have at least one or two guys that are fantasy relevant. The Jets were terrible last year. Tevin Coleman – I mean, not Tevin Coleman um, – Jameson Crowder was a solid mm-hmm. flex. Hell, Michael Pirine got me through some bye weeks. Like honestly, <laughs> one. you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. though, the I I don't I think Tevin's a good pick just because the stars are aligning for you know there to be fantasy relevance out of that backfield and uh, M- Michael Carter I can't judge because you know the mid he's not a guy I really scouted too much. Ty Johnson though isn't good and the Michael P Ryan was awful as a rookie. I mean he had some decent weeks here and there, um, but like he he just I don't I think it, yeah the most yards he had in a game was when he rushed eleven times he got forty yards. If you watched him he kind of just ran into like blocks and fell down and stuff. So I think he. I, I think he might be dropping down. He's listed as fourth on the depth <laughs> chart right now, which is crazy. So I like Tevin Coleman because they have a good line. They have a young QB and a defensive-minded coach. So, yeah, I don't hate that at all. I love yeah, that I, comment from Justin. Except for the Texans, they have no one. Yeah, you're – oh, my God. The Texans are a waste. Get, hashtag free Will Fuller. Let's get that going. <laughs> Meerkat, who's your bust for uh, – bust running back? So we'll move into those. Uh, and then we got to uh, get out of here. So I know uh, Mir- or, uh, Maniac and Casali, and I, th- I can't remember who else is in it, but they're doing their next uh, thing Micah. on Loki. Mike, Jake Micah? Oh, I love Jake, that guy. Yeah. Jake Micah of Happy Hour Hoops. Heard of him? Yeah, uh, at Happy uh, Hour Hoops 1. We're going to be going a, little, yeah, we're going a little quicker here. I'm just going to say a quick fade to the entire Las Vegas Raiders backfield. I'm Thank not you. Touching, yep. I, I don't, I don't yep. hate Josh Jacobs this year. If he falls nope. in my lap in a good spot, I'm on him. But, like, just fade yeah. that entire backfield. My main 100%. guy is another second-year guy opposite of DeAndre Swift. It's J.K. Dobbins. I don't think J.K. Really? Dobbins has – I don't think he does much more than he did last year. Like, they are in love with Gus Edwards there, and Gus Edwards had a good year. Um, especially, stati- like, analytically, he was better than J.K. Dobbins. He just had less opportunities. And they're going to, you know, Gus Edwards is still, this is only his fourth season. He's a young guy. They gave him a ton of opportunities. They keep him around. Um, I think J.K. Dobbins sees some regression this year. Nothing insane. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, I think he's being overdrafted. I'm, I'm not touching J.K. Dobbins. No, I see the with with Dobbins and Edwards, they were both and Lamar Jackson, both were involved and, enough in that offense to be fantasy Dobbins, relevant at the same time. 
Dobbins also is like Antonio Gibson, where if you take out his two best games, his stats for the season are shit other than that. Like, he, there's two big outliers in there that are affecting, like, the season whole stats and fantasy, you know, positioning from last year. Um, so if you, you know, you want J.K. Dobbins to get you another week 1,660 yard, two rushing touchdown game, then sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, oh, that I, was I don't think he's bad. Year, that yeah. was literally, yeah, it was week 16. Yeah, it was his best was, game. And then he had another, yeah. like, 120-yarder, and he never broke 100 before that. He was decent at finding the end zone here and there, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's fantasy irrelevant, but of these second-year running backs, I am definitely fading him, and I think he's being overdrafted currently. I take. Gu- I would take him. Gus Edwards probably in, like, the four, or like fifth round than J.K. in, like, the fourth. Yeah, okay. I thought you were gonna say before, and I had yeah. to really. <laughs> no, no, but, no, not no, no. But like around different, like I'm, they're not that far off in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, like J.K. Like whenever, whenever there's a running quarterback like Lamar, like just you're already gonna be concerned about like vulturing touches and everything. Like Lamar has the ability to call out of any design run play for the running backs mm-hmm. and take it for himself. Not that he's a selfish player. I'm not implying that in any way. But like, if that's the right look, he's gonna make that call, and it's gonna happen. So, I mean. It's when you have someone like Lamar vulturing all the all the rushes and everything. What what makes me I really they're like the army offense where honestly four different runners could all get you like at least flex play every week. But mm-hmm. if you're gonna get J.K. Dobbins in what the fourth third round, that's and he's gonna be like your flex every week. That's not what you want. So I do like the call, but it was definitely a shock value upon hearing it. Chris, mm-hmm. another f- just after a rookie. We're picking on these young running backs. I know you loved J.K. last year. What's your tune this year? I still like him. I mean, fourth round, third round, late third round. I think that really? he's just – I mean, he reminds me of Jonathan Taylor. They're kind of similar. I like J.T. a lot more. Um, the problem is the upside's cap because of Lamar. Um, that's the only thing. Gus Edwards is a great running back, but I don't really take uh, – re-signing of like a Marlon Mack or a Gus Edwards as like a fade on any, uh, either of those guys just because they need the workload to be taken off a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't saying it's a fade. Well, I'm no, just saying no, that no. They, they, they like Gus Edwards a lot. He's going to be heavily involved, but yeah, definitely right. not a fade. Right. Yeah. Oh, Gus, I mean, like J.K. Dobbins, I think, I mean, he had a great stretch towards the end of the year uh, down the playoff line. So a lot of people have a, a sweet taste in their mouth from him. So, yeah, it's recency bias. Right, yeah. Yeah. as did David Montgomery. So I think that that's why he's being a bit overdrafted. Um, he's kind of had, I think like third or fourth, if you could go running back wide receiver and you're sitting there and there's JK Dobbins, I think it'll be like JK Dobbins and Deandre Swift, maybe depending on what you, so we know where Meerkat's going to go. I'll probably, you might've talked me into picking Swift, but we talked about the lions, you know, what do you want to cap upside for the Baltimore running game or, you know, the lions. So, it's a tough decision, uh, but you know, I don't know. I really, I really don't. It'll be a, it'll mm-hmm. be a decision. Well, you just brought up the guy that I was going to bring up as my bust, so I'm going to say it. I love David Montgomery. I love him as a player. Loved him as a rookie. Loved him last year, but I think he's being drafted at his ceiling this year. And if you mm-hmm. look at what happened last year, he was set up for. I'm not. He was. He did finish with the RB four. Credit where it is absolutely due. That's not easy. He finishes a top four running back in the NFL for fantasy. But he was literally set up to do that. And if he didn't, then there would have been a real disappointment. With mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen going out, 
after just in general over David Montgomery's first two seasons, when Tariq Cohen is in the lineup, David Montgomery has 2.3 targets a game. When Tariq Cohen is out of the lineup, he has almost five targets per game. So that's literally 2.6 more targets per game just when the pass-catching running back goes down. Now they had Correll Patterson last year. They tried to get him involved in the run game because uh, David Montgomery had an 89% usage rate among Bears running backs. Any touch that went to someone with RB in front of them as a position, David Montgomery had 89% of those touches. That is not going to happen again. And he also had the benefit of a really easy schedule down the stretch in the playoffs. Like the easiest stretch from that point on for the rest of the season. We're talking about the Packers twice, who were one of the worst run defenses in the league. We're talking about the Lions, the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars. And before that, he was RB20, which is where he's being drafted right now. He finished his RB4 because of those weeks. So if he didn't have that easy of a schedule, I would not like he would he would not have gotten me as far in the guillotine league as as he did. Complete being completely honest. Now, what I will say about him is that he does have a really easy stretch from weeks two to six. He plays the Bengals, he plays the Browns, he plays the Lions, the Raiders, and the Packers. Really bad run defenses. He has a tough test in week one against the Rams. Hope for 10 points from him if you're going to draft him. But after weeks two through six, if you do like David Montgomery, you absolutely have to trade him because his value will never be that high again. And the last thing about him, what the hell is going on with quarterbacks in Chicago, right? They're saying they're still saying that Dalton's going to start the year. So QB1, baby. QB1. If he starts, that offense is going to be shit. It's going to be fucking terrible. But if Fields is on the field, then Montgomery's going to lose carries to Justin Fields. So it's literally a lose-lose. It's a real catch-22. If he was being drafted where he was last year on like RB like 26, 27, I'd be all for it. But he's going a round and a half earlier, and I just absolutely cannot justify that, no matter how much some guy Steve tries to get me to. <laughs> Anyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jordan, go ahead. No, I- I think you make up some great points about David Montgomery. I actually think he's being drafted fairly because I think the upside is there. I'm not quite as high on fields as some other people are. I think that he's – I think I like his future more than I like his present. Um, so I think there is still some room for Montgomery to produce. I don't really see an RB4 season coming back from him again. Yeah. But when I'm drafting him, I've been able to get him as my flex, which I like him as a flex. I haven't had to take him as an RB2. I've been able to get – um, two receivers, two running backs, and then David Montgomery sometimes. So if I can get him there as a flex, I like him. But, yeah, I do agree. He's a bit shaky as a wide receiver too. Um, I definitely wouldn't reach for him. Uh, but I have no problem taking him if, if the uh, if the draft falls right. Meerkat. Yeah, I don't hate Montgomery at all. He's a guy who I rode last year. Um, I called a sleeper heading into last season. Me too. And, uh, you know, he had a great year. RB4, I mean – He's not going to do that again, maybe. Last year was a down year for running backs. Outside of the top three guys, like it, the yeah. number just plummets like 80 points. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm not taking rankings into it, but he's in a favorable situation. He's a good, hard-nosed runner. The coaching staff likes him a lot. I don't think he regresses from last year at all. He can, I think he only gets better. You just want more consistency out of him. He has too many of those 20 carries for, you know, 
30, you know, yards, for, yeah. for the for like 20 for like, you know, like 60 70 yards, yards and two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. But like yeah. he, he 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 needs to get his yards per carry up a bit because then like are they going to stop uh giving him so many touches? But I I think he only goes up from here. If Chris, not stays flat. Jordan and then Chris and then Chris give you your bus. Cool. Jordan go. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, one guy just cuz I want to see everybody's thoughts on this one. Um, my top bust this year is Cam Akers. Um, I've I watched this guy last year again. You know, being in LA, watched every Rams game, and Sean McVay wants to have a bell cow back. He wants to have a guy that he can just feed the rock to, and everybody else kind of sits. And that's that's kind of been a pattern for him. Once he got um, like the three receiver set, he didn't really like to sub people in. Um, when they went to the Super Bowl. They didn't do a lot of substitutions. They ran the same personnel a lot. The problem with Cam Akers is he was drafted to be the starting guy, and he couldn't hold on to the role. I mean, you had Malcolm Brown, who's no longer with the team this year, but he had times where he was like the bell cow back. Darrell Henderson had games when he was the bell cow back, and Akers was just on the bench. Darrell Henderson's still on that team, and for a guy who's being drafted in the second round as an RB2, potentially even – an RB1 for the guys who are taking, you know, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey early on. And I I don't even know if this guy can hold on to the starting job with the Rams. And even if he can, you have Jared Goff. So, I mean, uh, not, not Jared Goff. You have Matt Stafford. You've got a new quarterback involved. So how much of that is – how much of McVay's strategy is we want to run the ball because I don't trust my quarterback versus I want to run the ball because I want to be a rushing-based team. I just think there's a lot to worry about there. There's – the ceiling, honestly, I don't think it's all that high. I don't think that the Rams are that great of a team. I think that them constantly trading away their first-round picks for players is going to start catching up to them pretty quick. They don't have – I don't think they're going to have a lot of talent, um, you know, young talent. And, I mean, you can get Darrell Henderson late. He's actually another one of my sleepers because yeah, wouldn't take I much for him that. to be that starting role. And all of a sudden, he's getting 20, 25 carries, 100 yards, maybe a touchdown a game. Yeah, Akers I don't think – they're they're being drafted about ten rounds apart, and I don't see that should be a lot lower. Being that separate, you know. I yeah, makers. I actually have Cam Makers. I got him lower than David Montgomery. That okay. That's a bit of a stretch, but I definitely love the Moxie. You got Moxie, Jordan, and I love that. <laughs> here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. The best yeah. ability is availability, and whether True. it's injuries, suspensions, benchings, whatever it is, if you're not on the field, you're not putting up points for me. Yeah, he did have a lot of games where he averaged under four yards a carry. He did have ten, uh, six out of his whatever he played last year. He had less than 10 attempts. Uh, so so definitely usage could be uh, a worry for him and obviously availability as we saw him go out for two weeks, uh, two different times last season. Um, yeah, and obviously Daryl Henderson, he's not going away. If anything, I think that that's going to be – they could both be RB3s by the end of the season. I think they'll both – I think they will both be RB3s. Um, so, so Daryl Henderson is a great value and Cam Akers, I don't think he'll lose you your league, but he will earn second round pick value in my opinion. Meerkat. Real quick. Yeah. I, I'm going to agree and disagree with you. I agree with you that he is being drafted way too high this year, like ridiculously way too high. Another huge outlier game minus that new England game. Um, he had, you know, he, that was like 20% of his production on the season. Um, just one game. He was yeah. scratched a few games, but they were easing him into it. McVay's not the type of guy to just throw somebody out there into the fire. I think he does get a larger role this year. I mean, they invested in him. He he flashed talent. Um, I 
so I agree with you where he's being overdrafted, but I disagree with you where, you know, his ceiling isn't that high. Um, the, he showed some talent on the field there. Like he showed an ability. And if that offense is good, the whole offense is going to be good. And I love Stafford there. I think Cam Akers is going to be the clear cut number one guy. It's his job to lose. Not that Henderson doesn't get used, but um, just being drafted way too early. But I think he might be able to hit that peak. Yeah, but it's a might. That's the might. Yeah, no, and that's I, don't, I don't personally yeah. think he will, but yeah. is there potential for there to hit his ADP 100%? And another young running back, Chris, so I love that we're coming to you last. Give us your thoughts on Cam Akers, maybe Daryl Henderson, and then give us your bust for the year. Um, I think that Cam Akers is being drafted in a fair position. I mean, I would pick. I would personally pick him over Gibson, Bill Mixon, Najee I Harris. can't wait for our draft. <laughs> I would no, I would I I agree with that. Those those are some questionable running. That that whole area is a gray area, so I agree with you. Well, McVay has said that uh, Akers is going to be the workhorse running back this year, and they run all the most times on the goal line of any team in the NFL. Wow. Um, that might be because they didn't trust Goff, but I don't see. I mean, this is the same True. offense that Todd Gurley absolutely lit the league up with. So you know they want their Todd Gurley, and I like I liked the talent of Baker's coming out of the draft. Only question mark was really their offensive line. Um, Stafford's only an upgrade to that offense. I feel like they're going to feed him the rock at least. He's going to get twenty touches a game if that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know he'll he'll rip, he'll pay off as like a early first round pick or early second round pick. Sorry, maybe. Later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely could be a top five player at his position, but there's a lot of risk as well. So if you do invest in Cam Akers, you know, you, and it works out, you should feel good about it. You you honestly should. Uh, Chris, take us home here. I like them all. No, I'm just kidding. Melvin um, <laughs> Gordon, I don't really like this year. Uh, apparently, no. he's a no-show at camp. Uh, I don't yeah. know if yet, but – they just drafted Devontae Williams, right? Uh, yep. I have a feeling that it's either – I mean, they did spend money on him. He's on the last you know, year of his contract. They might want to get something out of him. But if Williams shows up in camp, um, I don't see why they wouldn't just give him the workload, especially if Gordon's you know, playing hardball. Yeah, no, I, I don't like Melvin Gordon at all. I did not like him last year, and that did kind of – burn me. He had a reasonably productive year, but I love Javante Williams this year. And I think that is more why I don't like Melvin Gordon. I mean, like, you know, he's not, he's not like Zeke where they're so financially tied to him where they need to keep going with him and they need to feed him the rock. But honestly, they, it's, it's definitely, uh, I I definitely would rather get Javante Williams like the fifth round or something like that and take Melvin Gordon. He's going later, but well, the yeah. other thing, too, is they're not in win-now mode. You know what I mean? Like, the Cowboys are supposed to be a good team, especially in a weak division where That's it's like true. if Zeke doesn't work out and now you're going to Tony Pollard, it sends a message that, hey, we're kind of still rebuilding. Where the Broncos, I mean, you've got questions of quarterback. Um, maybe Noah Fant breaks out. You're waiting to see what Jerry Judy's going to do as receivers. So if Gordon doesn't kind of – work out and Javante Williams, the rookie starts playing a little bit better. I think that's only a good thing for them. You know what I mean? And Melvin Gordon, he's gotten played out of the starting gig pretty much anywhere he's gone at this point. I mean, he had some amazing, amazing uh, numbers in college, but I think he's still kind of riding that wave all the way into his now getting to be veteran years in the NFL. And we just, we haven't seen him break out as everything that he was promised to be coming out of college. 
you know, I mean, he's, he's had, he's had his days, but I agree with you, especially in an offense that's probably not going to put up much. You look at the division you're in, you're going against Kansas city twice. The chargers have a solid offense. The Raiders can put up points. You know, you're going to have to be throwing the ball more. There's not going to be as many touches. I agree with you. I'm right up there with you. And Meerkat, thoughts on Melvin Gordon, and then we'll get out of here. Looks like Wake's uh, – I'm just looking at Melvin Gordon's numbers, and I can't believe uh, how good of a – not good, but like how re- fantasy re- – I mean, he was good last year. Holy shit. Um, I thought yeah, it was right? awful. Just some, like, holy, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I agree with you 100%. Javante Williams is a good running back. They invested him in the draft, and Melvin Gordon gets run out of town, like Jordan said, everywhere he goes. He's got a terrible injury history. Yeah. Um, and they have an awful, awful offensive line. I thought they were going to address that in the first round of the draft. They did not. So good luck to Drew Locke this year. It's uh, the biggest waste mm-hmm. of a of a potentially elite receiving core I've ever seen in my life. I love those top three. Talent-wise, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and then Noah, Noah Fan. Tight end one. That's that's one of the best top three tight ends, our top three receiver and a tight end groupings in the entire NFL. And it's just wasted. Wasted. It's, I almost thought that Kirk Cousins was wasting everyone there. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, but he's at, he was actually kind of good last year. So I'm not Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins is, I hate him. I like, he's, he's good. He's good. I he's like that. Cousins, <laughs> uh, a 10 to 15 range quarterback every year. Yeah. Well, Chris, I love the Melvin Gordon call. That is going to do it. I know we have another show to get to with Maniac in the wings there. So thank you everyone for tuning in.